Brace yourselves for the Middle-Aged Fat Lasses podcast. Hello and welcome to the Middle-Aged Fat Lasses podcast with Cecil and Simon. Say hello, Cecil. Hello. I'm so excited to be back. That was Sarah Ledger. I'm Sarah Simons. And today we're going to be talking about vaginas. So before we start on that, we need to just have a little word because there will be some absolute filth in this podcast. There will be words that will set your ears rattling. It's very much adult content. And don't come crying to us if you have something that goes in your ears that you wish had not been there. (laughs) Sounds like you're talking about putting penises in your ears, Sarah. Oh, Lord, that's... (laughs) (laughs) We've already gone to a very dark place. Well, because the Virgin Mary was supposed to have conceived through the word of God in her ear, there was a time in the 19th century when some very religious women kept their ears covered because their ears might remind somebody of the Virgin Mary's fanny. I don't think we can say. Vaginas. Sarah, would you explain to me, please, the anatomy of a vagina as if I am an alien that's landed on this planet and into one of your personal development classes? So, as as a midwife once explained to me, if you put your hand between your legs, you'll find you have three holes. The middle hole is your vagina, and that's the hole that leads up to your cervix, which is kind of the gateway to your womb. Period. Sex babies all of that business yes just above that is your urethra where your wee wee comes out and behind that is your anus where your poo comes out right do not confuse the three of them (laughs) okay vagina is used as a generic term for ladies genitals it's technically biologically inaccurate it's like calling a man's penis his foreskin. Vagina's just the tube. Period sex baby tube. Yes. So just at the top of the vagina is the clitoris, which is a very, very interesting organ. Very little research done on it. It would appear its only function is to create sexual pleasure. Fair dues. And then it's surrounded, it's kind of embedded in a vulva. And your vulva's your outside bit. Your flaps? No, your flaps are your labia. And you've got two sets of labia, little ones and big ones. So it's like a little flower. I once went for a smear test and the doctor said to me, oh, nice healthy vulva. And I thought your vulva was the bit at the back of your throat. <laughs> oh, your nice car parked outside. <laughs> Lovely vulva, vulva. <laughs> Hang on, though. I have questions already. Yeah. Which bit's the vulva? Your vulva's the kind of chubby bit around your vagina it's the kind of outside bit and then you've got flaps but if we're talking the real names that's labia isn't it yeah so it's kind of like a a lovely flower or it's kind of like a gothic arch doorway very lovely very symmetrical like a frame yeah like a frame funny frame funny frame indeed and then your, your external genitals are known as your pudenda that's male and female I like the word pudenda. It just sounds, really, this should be called pudenda. So when people are talking about fannies and when they're talking about vaginas, they're actually talking about pudenda. Yes. Calling something a vagina 
is not really that's just a very you know it's the bit that the penis goes in so it's the one that blokes are interested in and that's maybe why that has dominated our nomenclature oh of course it is men get to choose even what your undercarriage is called yeah oh speaking of which what is your favorite alternative word for all of those things we just talked about i quite like the jj Sounds fun, doesn't it? Vagine. Very chic and French. Vagine by Givenchy. And there's a fragrance that goes with it. <laughs> when my daughter was little, I was really worried about not having a name for genitals that was kind of acceptable, whereas boys have willy. There didn't seem to be anything that wouldn't make someone go, oh, my God, if a small child said it. So we called it a binky. You see, for me, a binky is a dummy. Ah, well, yeah, that did cause a little bit of confusion. <laughs> In America, is a dummy a pacifier? Yes. Yeah, one of those. Anyway, that's what I'd call a binky. Oh, dear. I'm thinking of all the uh, all the hilarious misunderstandings that can come out of that conversation, especially with your daughter, because she's always been very direct, hasn't she? Well, she has, yes. But I quite like binky. What, what's your favourite? I do love flaps. <laughs> There's something so kind of almost animal about it, and it's it's comedy. Just because it's not at all sensual or rude or sexual. I think fanny would be my go-to word. I still can't hear Americans talking about fannies without... <laughs> and I know they mean bum. But... Bottom in a child-friendly way. But I hear them talking about fannies, and I'm like, do you know what you're saying? Yeah. I like flu. Flu. Up your flu. I did not know <laughs> that flaps was rude until my kids were about nine and ten, and I was trying not to swear in front of them. We had a little border terrier at the time, and her ears used to flap inside out, and I used to go, ooh, dog flaps. <laughs> and at one point, my daughter said to me, you do realise you're talking about the dog's fanny? I was like, no! <laughs> when I was little, we would refer to cow poos, you know, living in the countryside, there was always walking in cow muck, as cow flaps. <laughs> and now I think, you can't say that, we don't want to talk about cow vaginas. What would you call it? Cow shit. So that is a, that is a complicated one with the flaps. Not that complicated, but just enough. What's another one that you enjoy? Well, when we were little... And there wasn't a language for it. And this is the thing, this is the reason that we came up with binky, is that we used to call it a front bum. Yeah, that's the word I knew, the front bottom. And even ladies' willy. Ladies' willy! Oh, no, I don't like that at all. No, awful, awful. I'm, I'm not saying I condone this. The thing is, I've, I've thought a lot about language for pudenda, and it's either cloyingly sweet and euphemistic like fairy and nunu and and fuff and or they're horrible like <laughs> like here we go <laughs> i thought of a horrible one this was where i knew i was going to be mates with this woman it was a baby group and they had their oh mums let's go out and have a have a glass of wine and everybody else was having a glass of wine and, you know, making it last for seven hours. The babies were at home. This was an evening thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat next to this woman who seemed to be drinking as much as I was because I was well in the throes of my alcoholism then and we had 
such a laugh. And me and her got talking about fannies and our favourite word. And do you know what her favourite word was? Go on. Monkey's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and I nearly weed my pants laughing at that. You know, if you're like you and me, says, it's rare that you hear something that's a new, new language to you about fannies. Monkey's forehead. Well, what did we hear the other day? Kicked in fireplace. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what that was. I saw it online, uh, an interview that a celebrity lady had done about having a vagina tightened up. And she said, it's so tight, it squeaks when I walk. Which in my head, I already went to, can you remember Fozzie Bear's um, fart shoes? So every time he walks, it went. Yeah. So I'm already thinking of her walking along. Imagine her running. It'd be like, I mean, the theme from Psycho, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, there'd be people offering to put WD-40 on it, wouldn't there? Yeah, that seemed quite extraordinary to me. But apparently that's, that's a, a thing. <laughs> I, I always say this from the from the heart of safe suburbia and my very sheltered life. <laughs> like, oh, a thing! Can you imagine going, do you know what? I've got five or six grams spare. I think I'll have my fanny redone. <laughs> I wonder how they can, like, tighten it up. Because they must be talking about your actual, the vagina hole. I don't know, maybe like stick a drawstring in it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or some knicker elastic. Yeah, you know, like your mum used to do when your trousers were, you know, elastic and gone. Put a drawstring. What do they do to actually tighten it all up? I I just shudder to think. I just, I don't want to know. It's too much for me, and particularly if it squeaks. She must be joking there. Knowing that lady's work, I think, I think she's doing it for you know um money yeah money and humor i'm quite into her for actually being a a woman enough i think she's in her late 50s and she looks absolutely wonderful and i feel like she was kind of laughing at the whole thing and laughing at herself it all sounded very camp but now i've started thinking about how do they tighten up a vagina you know, because it's not like... With a ratchet. Yeah, or an Allen key. No. It's just through that conversation on Facebook that we had kicked in fireplace, didn't we? But you go from these kind of axe wound gash. Gash? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I remember one of my friends who, who she'd had a couple of drinks. We were, this was, you know, in my early 20s and she fell over and had like a quite a big, big cut on her head. When the ambulance came and she got in the back of the am- ambulance... One of the handsome ambulance men said, oh, that's a big gash. And she went, oh, buy me a drink first, love. (laughs) She was also the person, the same friend who's an actress, who uh, (laughs) I don't even know what panto they were doing. A celebrity from Australia was in it. But every time uh, he came on stage, she went, are you from Australia? And he'd go, yeah. She'd go, nice bush. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, mate, the audience is full of kids. Can you stop making bush jokes? But that's also like the woman in hospital and the doctor goes, I'm afraid you've got your angina. And she goes, yeah, and I've got a nice pair of tits. (laughs) (laughs) The acute angina. One of the ones that I don't like, a welly lined with liver. Oh, God. (laughs) But But yes. What about Beef Curtains? Beef Curtains. What's that song? Yes, I had a mate who ruined that lovely elbow song by shouting, throw those beef curtains wide. One day like this, uh, like, thanks, mate. You've totally fucking ruined that song for me. Beef Curtains. Well, speaking of Beef Curtains. Yes. 
<laughs> years and years ago, when I was doing an acting job, a TV job, I was playing the role of a beautician. And in this scene, I had to do a fake tan on the lady who was the lead actress. And it was a comedy. This actress, she's had a kit off in lots of things. She's, she's very in touch with her own body. The shot kept showing that you could see her towel when I was doing the fake tan. You know, I had this garden spray and I was pumping it like it was a set of bagpipes, you know. So it was all very physical and it was all this. Anyway, she went, oh, it's okay. Um, If you can see the towel, I'll just take it off. And she was completely naked. And I was doing this spray tan and and I've never been more uncomfortable. It did feel like, you know, it felt like a total power move, to be honest. But good on her. You know, that's how she wanted to show her power. (laughs) Showed more than a power, dear. But anyway, the thing that we were using to really show it was fake tan was really weak gravy. So I was spraying her with gravy. And I remember the makeup artist at the end when she came up to her to give her a give her a dressing gown. She went, oh, look at you all naked. All your beef curtains are going to smell of beef now, aren't you? God, that's just horrible. Yeah, beef curtains covered in beef gravy. Nice. From the ghastliness of beef curtains, you've got things like tuppence, lady garden, flour, honeypot. You've got it. There's a a broad spectrum of awful and overly dainty, and it just feels like there's no middle ground. Penis (laughs) flytrap. I've never heard that. Penis flytrap. Yeah, I get it though. I get it. Clam, clam. Oh, I've not heard that for a long time. Now I'm thinking of animals. Beaver. Oh, do you know what we've missed? What so many people use nowadays? Pussy. Oh, I know. Pussy. Yes. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like it. How do you feel about pussy? I quite like pussy. It's fine. Yeah. Why Why is it? Why do you like it? Uh, I, I think that might be one that kind of meets in the middle, really. <laughs> <laughs> As the actress said to the bishop. I think that's kind of between ghastly and simpering. I don't like it. Are we calling it pussy because it was back in the days where people had hair and it looked like a little cat that was curled up on your lap? Yeah. But now people don't have hair. Or lots of people don't. Well, So what are they going to call it? A blooming <laughs> frozen chicken? A sphinx cat. <laughs> it feels a bit too sexual for me in a way that's kind of coy sexual not straightforward sexual yeah i can see that but then i'm a dog person aren't i so tell me about your shakespeare words because this is something as recently as yesterday i didn't know about nothing no thing is elizabethan for for pudenda for fanny so much ado about nothing is much ado about fanny it's as straightforward as that. But then there's all kinds of coded words. And we're going to come to a word in a moment. I know we've been just skirting around the... Uh... round the flaps. <laughs> <laughs> but any time you see the word quaint in a poem that's written before the 19th century, that's your, that's your C word. And um, country. There are hundreds of jokes about country matters, country pie, country wife. It's all there in the works of William Shakespeare, Andrew Marvell, all the restoration playwrights. It's all there. That's just brought back a memory for me. You've triggered something, dear. 
When I was at drama school, we had one term where we had to do an opera. None of us were particularly keen about doing opera. We were there for showbiz. We weren't there for all that. The opera, was it Madame Butterfly? Was it something, you know, gorgeous like that? No, it was Richard Herring. Do I mean Richard Herring? Albert Herring. Richard Herring's that comedian, isn't he? I going to say, there's many strings to that man's bone. <laughs> no, Albert Herring. It's an opera in three acts by Benjamin Britten. So, I see, I'm not making things up. That's actually real. So, nobody took it seriously and we kept getting into trouble. We got to the performance and one of my friends was from uh, up near Liverpool and she had a mouth on her. She still does. She's hilarious. In fact, it was her brother that told us about Kitchen Fireplace. Oh, it all links up, doesn't it? Yeah, anyway, so that friend... She was like this narrator character and she had to do it in one of those sort of accents, you know, like that. She had this line which she'd never, ever done it like this until the performance and the line was, Country virgins, if they be such, speak too little but say too much. All of this. And she was proper, one of that. So she came on stage like Mrs. Overall. She went, can't. River Jeans, if they be such. And the whole audience and everybody on the stage just erupted and the the, the opera kind of came to a semi-close. And it was all anybody talks about, yeah, the country virgins. That'll be deliberate. He'll have put that in on purpose. She was taking it from the script, wasn't she? Yes, absolutely. Yes, so that's brought us on to the C word, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, I really don't mind that word. I don't! At all! Let's just say it. Cunt, 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 cunt. I don't understand why it's such a terrible word when we say dick and cock and all those sort of words for penis. Why is cunt such a bad word? I understand that it's, you know, people might not like it because they're using the word for all of that downstairs stuff that we talked about before as an insult or they're using it as a description. But you can say that with cock. It bothers me that cunt... Yeah, every time you say it, I can't stop giggling. There's something about how you say cunt that sounds kind of comforting. Good! (laughs) Good, absolutely. But you see, also, I am partly Scottish, and in Scotland, my granny used to say, Oh, her, cunty McFuck. <laughs> that is a Scottish saying. That is a thing. Are you sure that cunty McFuck is a saying and it's not just a your family thing? Other Scottish people I know say it. And my dad used to tell a story of going up to, because he was from London and quite smartly brought up he said pudding didn't he He didn't say dessert or afters yes that's how posh he was he went up he loved my mum's family and one of her cousins pointed to my mother and went would you look at the tan on that cunt (laughs) my dad was like by god i'll have you outside my good man and it's like no he was just being affectionate (laughs) a phrase i love i absolutely love in scotland is i'm gonna kick his cunt in just absolutely love it because it's also non-gendered just means you're gonna absolute fucking hide i had a friend who used it 
in lots of different ways. You know, if somebody was drunk, she'd refer to them as cunted and she'd refer to her own organs as a cunt and she'd call people a cunt. And it was just a cover-all. In the same way that you can, you know, fuck off, get fucked, yeah, yeah. fuck you, fuck me, fuck that. She used cunt in the same way, which I thought was very impressive. Yeah, I've heard somebody say, can you stop cunting around, please? The other day, my son was, because uh, he's learning to drive, and he said, yeah, and if you, you cross him at the zebra crossing, you'll just get completely cunted. One of my favourites of cunt ever is a punchline. My daughter was about 15, and we went to stay with these people, and we had the most lovely weekend. It was so nice. And we, we got in the car, and they're all waving, giving us presents. Bye, bye, waving on the doorstep. <laughs> Jesse shut the car door, and she turned around to me and went, Finally, we're done with those cunts. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful coming from the mouth of this angel girl. (laughs) Do you know what word that cropped up just there, which is one of my favourites? Twat. Twat, yes. Twatting about, twatting on, as in somebody's talking a lot. Getting twatted, which might mean getting drunk, it might mean getting punched. Somebody's a twat. I don't know, there's something about the word that feels quite comedy and gentle that I really like. My very politely spoken mother-in-law uses the word all the time. And I once said to my ex-husband, or my he was my husband at the time, you need to tell your mum it's a rude word. And he went, no, he's not in Bristol. She'd go, oh, he's an absolute twat be like no you no don't say that and i was like no no in the rest of the world i looked it up in the oxford dictionary and it said vulva vulgar do you think she thought it meant the same as twit i think so yeah she go oh what a twat he is i told him to come in out the shed (laughs) lily don't say that at choir (laughs) i'm sorry to be down on americans because i have american friends who are gorgeous and i love them but don't say twat no it's twat me and my daughter we went to new york and we we went to the M&M shop and you can get personalised M&Ms, but we tried to get the words huge cunt written on the m M&M. We were going to pretend that it was Norwegian and we were going, oh, no, no, it's not a huge cunt, it's Hugo Knuta, it's his, it's his name. <laughs> and did they fall for that or did you get removed? Well, we thought, our luck, somebody would go, oh, I'm from Norway and I can speak... Oh, oh they turned round and went, are you speaking to me? I'm Mr Knuta. <laughs> It was a present for my son. <laughs> so you were getting lots of M&Ms printed with huge cunt as a lovely present for your son. Nice. They were like, I don't think it's allowed, ma'am. And they were going, it's a curse word here. Is it a curse word? But they kept saying it. Is cunt a curse word in England? Because cunt is a curse word. You can't say cunt in America without offending. And they kept saying it over and over again. <laughs> I had a bit of a change of heart about cunt as well. It was when I read the vagina monologues. I was very early 20s and it just opened my eyes. I thought, what a wonderful book this is. All these different ways that women engage with their vaginas. I mean, it's called the vagina monologues, isn't it? It's not called the vulva monologues. So, you know, they maybe needed to be in one of your classes first, says. Yeah, I just found it very, very liberating that people could discuss their undercarriages in such a a free way in fact i bought like five copies of the book and i sent it to all my female friends i was like look at this 
this is wonderful. Look, we have this new language, this way that we're allowed to talk about this. And I thought it was fabulous. I haven't read it since then, so I haven't read it for about 20, 30 years. So, so I don't know how I'd feel about it now. What changed my feelings about the piece of work was when they started doing it in theatres. Because when it started, it was like Kate Blanchett and amazing actresses chanting cunt with the audience. And it was all very liberating. And then they realised that people would come and see that. And so it got the quality of the, of the actors. It did turn a bit end of peer. I, I went to see it because I read it when it first came out and found it very empowering. Well, who was in yours? I think it was the cast of On the Buses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or maybe the cast of Hello, Hello, or Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Cranky. It, it had its moment, but it has dated, and it didn't feel quite as empowering or special or impressive as it had done. But you're right, cause, because we didn't say things, and we weren't supposed to say things, and you weren't supposed to touch it in case it fell off. In case you accidentally got yourself pregnant. Uh, yeah, you certainly weren't supposed to show it to anybody. Certainly not in Asda, Sarah. Come on. <laughs> That's the hilarious thing about funnies is that you treat them so gently and then a fucking baby's head the size of a melon comes roaring through it like a pack of wild dogs. <laughs> it's built for business. What's that Betty White quote about, you know, men talk about balls to represent strength and she was like, let's talk about vaginas because they take a blooming pounding. Yeah, absolutely. I'm paraphrasing wildly. My son, he came out through the sunroof, as it were, with a, an emergency cesarean. So I've not had that experience that you've had with all that, with all that pushing and all, all that tearing and all that, you know, melon coming out of something the size of a Malteser. Did it smart a bit? Did it sting? It did. I can remember antenatal classes we went to said, don't worry about the crowning stage. It's just like pushing a grapefruit through your vagina. Oh, so that's completely fine then. A grapefruit doesn't have ears. Oh my God, I do remember. Both my labours were very quick. I was very lucky and I didn't have any drugs for either of them. Once by choice and once not by choice. And I do remember thinking, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine. Oh, fuck me. This is not fine. It felt like my fanny was on fire and it just went on and on and on but then it stopped and then it was all a bit grazed for a while so malabia back on they got ripped off with the those great big flapping ears skidding out oh god that's horrendous yeah and it all hurts for a while and people have to sit on ice and on little cushions and everything because it's all bruised yeah well, mine was two weeks late and then three days in induced labour. They put this this drug in you and it kind of makes you go into like semi-labour. But nothing happened. It didn't come out, you know, so we were there for three days. And then it was all guns blazing and it was like, quick, we need to do a cesarean. And the thing was, the anaesthetist who'd given me an in advance epidural told me it probably wouldn't work because I was too fat. That's lovely, isn't and, it? And I thought, oh, well, that's fine. Lots of women have babies without drugs, so I can do that. That'll be absolutely fine. But then when they said they were cutting me open, I thought, no, people do need drugs for that. So if my epidural hasn't worked, I'm going to be absolutely fucked. I'm going to be cutting off. You know, it's going to be a Ryan Murphy-type horror story. And I was really worried about that, obviously. So when we went to the operating theatre and all of a sudden there's lots of people there and I had a new anaesthetist who was lovely, much better than the arsehole, who was, you know, he was quite cross with me because it was a good Friday and he was going off to play golf and I'd kept him hanging around, which was rude and me wanted it, having a baby. The new one was there. Every time he said, can you feel tugging or do you feel pain? I'd go, pain, 
pain just to get some more drugs so by the time the baby came out i was absolutely off my tits well i'll tell you the first thing that threw me right when you do antenatal classes you spend weeks and weeks talking about vaginal birth and at some point they go oh and if it goes wrong you might have cesarean and that's it (laughs) (laughs) so i had weeks and weeks of sitting through all of this stuff that's going to happen and then none of it was relevant to me and the thing that i wish i'd done was brought some music in because by the time i'd gone through all of the rigmarole three days seen just about everybody who'd worked in the hospital and just about all of them had seen my vagina as well because you know it was always (laughs) legs akimbo up in the air waiting for something to happen that everybody lost interest by the time we went in. So all of that kind of let's make a beautiful environment wasn't happening. So the surgeon had like, you know, Charlie FM on or whatever it was, some sh- some local radio station. So as my child was being lifted out of me, this, you know, huge profound moment, we had Emma Bunton playing. And no offence to Emma Bunton, but I wouldn't have chosen her it was that song that was just like she was reading a shopping list. Yeah, and I put that in the jolly, and then I go and get some rubber gloves, and then maybe I need some Mr. Sheen, or maybe a six pack of eggs. It was like that, and one of those sort of songs. And I remember thinking, for fuck's sake, why have I got Emma Bunton playing as the song to give that I'm having my child to? But as I say, I was off my tits, and so they lifted the baby up. You know, he started crying and everything. He was fine. They gave him to Ian, so Ian was the first one to hold him and brought him up near my face. Do you know what I said at this sight of my child, my baby, my firstborn child, my only child? I said... Now, would it be possible to have a jagged potato with tuna and sweet corn with plenty of mayonnaise, please? That's what I said. (laughs) Well, the Jessie was born. I asked to see my placenta. And Jessie's, I did get to see it, and it was fascinating. But they wrote it in my notes, was not interested in seeing the baby. So I was interested in seeing the baby, but I just knew I had a very brief window in which to have a look at the placenta. And why not? It's mine, you twats. Let's talk about smear tests. Is it every three years you go, every five years? I can't remember. It's when they're checking for cervical cancer. It's very, very, very important to have one. Nobody likes them. They're not a lot of fun at all, but it's very important to have one. And what happens is you go in, they put this metal thing up your flaps that jacks it up until about the size of a garage. Uh-huh. And they have a little prod round with a Q-tip and then they send it away because cervical cancer is something, isn't it, that you can, if you catch early, yeah. it can be completely fine. I think they call it a pap test in America. A pap test. I think so, yeah. It's one of those things that you know is rubbish, but you know you need to get done. I do always feel like before I have one, that I need to do a complete overhaul of my downstairs area. So I need to have legs shaved, a pedicure. Everything needs to be all trimmed and perfect and as nice as it possibly can be. And then as I got older, <laughs> I've started saying to them, is everything normal? I thought you were going to say, I always say, do you like my family? I've had it done up specially for you. I went for a smear test. I don't want to put anyone off because it was all turned out fine. There was a bit of bad planning because I went for a smear test that got out of hand. <laughs> Christ <laughs> almighty, I don't know where this is going to go, Sarah. I'm a little bit frightened. So I went, so I went and they, 
the the gynecologist lady, she was very, very tiny. And she said, oh. And did you fall in? <laughs> well, well, yes. Yes. Did you lose a watch? Yeah, practically. What happened was, is she put me on this table and then she said, oh, actually, as well as a smear test, I'd like to take a sample of your womb lining. And I was like, right, this is very sudden. <laughs> Dinner first. And, <laughs> and so she took me in this other room with another nurse. And they put me on one of those reclining seats. They fiddled about with the controls, remote controls. And at one point they had me, like with my head almost on the floor and my legs right in the air. Are you sure you weren't at Alden Towers? It did, it felt like that. And then there was another bit where they pressed some other buttons and then they squeezed me right together. So like my head was on my knees and then they opened. It was like, <sighs> come on girls, <laughs> stop fucking about. Then she said, oh, I need to have a look with the binoculars what do you mean with the binoculars you know those things that you look at on the end of the pier you put 10p in and you look and you can see the silly aisles you know that <laughs> and did she spot the silly aisles on your flaps she did and she like and she had this little moving chair and she got right up close and i did think she's just gonna fall right in i'm just gonna have a little legs poking out <laughs> and then she said right okay and she rummaged about in this drawer and she got out what looked to me to be a fairly dangerous implement. And then she kind of discarded it. No. And got out, opened another drawer and got out what looked like pink shears. I think this might hurt, right? And then the nurse went, oh, hold my hand. And I went, okay. And then she cut a bit of the inside of my womb lining. And she went, I'm going in now. I was like, I know. And the nurse at the top of my head was like, she's going in now. I know, you don't have to tell me. Like that bit in Poltergeist where she jumps through the telly and she has a she has a rope thrown around her waist. Yes. The thing is, if they'd told me, if they'd said at the beginning, first of all, we're going to put you in some sort of ergonomic chair and squeeze you and, and extend you and, and whatever for no good reason at all. And then we're going to take a bit out of your internal organs with a pair of pinky shields without any sort of anaesthetic or even a little shot of tequila then I might have been a little bit less... I remember tottering out and getting to the car park going, I don't know if I can drive. <laughs> One of the things that people have been talking about is coils, you know, interuterine devices. You need a bit of anaesthetic for it. Well, I have a coil. I've had one for years and years. They have, like, two nurses up your head end and a doctor down your business end. One of them is just, like, holding your hand. The other one's just saying, are you all right? Are you all right? Are you going to faint? Oh, that kind of thing. While the other one's like up to their elbows in your flaps. <laughs> it does hurt a lot. And afterwards, you have to wait. They won't let you go straight away in case you faint. And it does make you think, is this something that should be done with a little bit of anaesthetic or something? If it takes three of you to get the job done, because two of you are really nervous that you're going to pass out or be sick. Maybe this isn't the way. I had a coil years ago. I had one for years. I don't remember it being horrifically uncomfortable, but I do know that some people have had really bad experiences. And you do think, I was a bloke. You were putting a little barbed wire spike at my bottom <laughs> and I was a man. I don't know why that would be a medical procedure, but, you know. Would they put up with this? No. Oh, and the thing you have to do now with having your coil changed, 
they don't keep them there they give you a prescription and you have to go and get your own coil from the pharmacist and then you need to take it to the doctor to get it done but the thing is they trim the wires hanging out of it right down but they start really really long so the box they give you for the coil is about half a meter long honestly it's i'm not exaggerating it's this massive great big box and you think fucking hell what are they going to put up me? I've seen smaller slinkies. Oh, dear. Sarah, let's finish with talking about hair. Fanny hair, pubic hair. What do we think about hair on the vagine? The first time I saw the words pubic hair written down, I thought it said public hair. And I remember thinking, why is it called your public hair when it's private? I remember back in the 2000s when if you had... What are the Brazilians? I don't know. The, all right, I'm so... A Brazilian, that's the landing strip, in it? Where they rip it all out, but there's like a line left. And the other one's a Hollywood, isn't it? Where there was nothing left at all. And it was outrageous, wasn't it? Can you remember it be going, oh, you absolute fucking weirdos, wasn't it? it all ripped out. What's wrong with you? Wanting to look like a baby. And actually, when it's all ripped out, it often more looks like a frozen chicken. Well, yes. A sphinx cat <laughs> instead of oh. a lovely pussy. Um, I don't go for waxing. Well, I don't want it sticking out on my bikini. Out my bikini, as if I wear a bikini. <laughs> Do I think I am? Pamela Spanderson. <laughs> I don't want it sticking out of any swimming attire all my pants actually so i'd like i like a bit of a tidy up sometimes when i'm going on holiday i go and they rip it all out not all of it just the bits that stick out you know just for public decency though why that would be indecent to show that i've got hair i don't know jessie was getting herself tidied up or whatever i really like to call it for her holiday and uh, first of all, she went to the lady and the lady had a look at it and went, oh, I don't know if I'm going to manage all that in one go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bit like, you know, it's like, like when you go to the mechanic and he opens the bonnet and goes, oh. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at a new well, engine. I understood that the reason why in the 90s it went from have whatever you want on your fanny, you could have your triangle of hair or you could have your full bush or you could have whatever you wanted. It was nobody else's business. And then it suddenly got to everybody must have all of it yes. removed was because of the internet and internet porn where people started seeing that on porn people often didn't have any because it made things more visible when they were doing the sex and also it made the penis look bigger if it wasn't kind of shrouded by pubic hair either the ladies or man's and so it came from the uprising of internet porn and people seeing that a lot more and it being normalized that's what vaginas are supposed to be so therefore that's what we'll do Statues, naked statues don't have pubic hair, do they? So even in Renaissance times or even in, in Greek... And I think that was more to do with how that would be a bit hard chipping it round. <laughs> I think they just went, ah, oh, no, fuck that, I'm not doing that. They'll have to have a smooth one because I'm, that's too time-consuming. Do men have pubic hair in, in statues? I don't think so. Do you know, I haven't even looked at a, a male statue's genitals for a long time. Oh, you've not lived, have you? I'll Google that. Be careful what you put in that Google box, Sarah. <laughs> Just in case. You don't want more than you bargained for. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so we've covered quite a lot of the uh, vaginal area, haven't we? We've talked about the anatomy. We've talked about our favourite names, flaps. We've talked about this word that you're not allowed to say, cunt. Yeah. Cunt! Cunt. Yeah, we've talked <laughs> about smear tests and we've talked about hair. 
Is there anything else we need to talk about to do with the JJs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember saying the C word in front of one of my friend's mums when I was at drama school. And his mum was lovely and uh, very down to earth. And I went, oh, no, I said cunt in front of your mum. And he went, oh, don't worry. Her ABCs were ass bollocks, cunt. So I felt much better about everything then. If you remember, my daughter said the cunt word at her granny's funeral. She did. Yeah, she said fuck as well, didn't she? Fuck and cunt. And the funeral that it was the first time she'd heard those words in a funeral service. It was absolutely glorious. It was the best funeral it was possible to, to have. And it was made better with your daughter saying cunt. The thing was, my mother was very rude, but she had her boundaries. She said she was the only person that was allowed to say cunt at the table. And so Jessie told that story and said, I think Granny would have wanted me to say this. And somebody cheered in the congregation, which I think, great. Well, I think that's a marvellous place to end. So are we meeting up again to do another episode? Yes, please. So I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I didn't even see that coming. <laughs> that genuinely took me by surprise, Sarah. We have been Sarah Ledger, Cezel, and Sarah Simons, me. We have been the Middle-Aged Fat Lasses. Thanks very much for listening, and we will see you again soon. Bye-bye! Bye! You've been listening to the Middle-Aged Fat Lasses podcast. Subscribe now to make sure you don't miss an episode. And to find out more, visit middleagedfatlass.com. <laughs>